hey, how are you? How are you doing today? I have a really good listen for you today. I was able to speak with Lindsay Lovett. She is a university recruiting and relations programs manager at Cefid. Um, she's been working there for three years now. And I think that there's some really good information that or that was really insightful from this talk, especially the talk, especially when we talk about finding the right thing for you, whether you would have never thought it was the first thing that you might have thought you would have been doing as soon as you graduated. Uh, the way she puts it in words is it's really insightful. And I think there's some really good stuff in here. So thank you. And I hope you enjoy. You know, I guess to start this off, I always like to let my guests um, talk a little bit about themselves and kind of just a little bit about their job title, because sometimes I include it, um, but pay, our students may not really know what that means. Sure, sure. Uh, um, yeah, so I graduated from UOP in 2004, been a while, um, also from the tiger. School of Business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, have worked in a, a number of different industries since then. Um, I went to work for Enterprise Rent-A-Car right out of school because I didn't have any idea what I wanted to do um, and stayed there for like seven years and did a number of different roles. Um, then I went into an outside sales position uh, with waste management, um, which I hated. <laughs> I, I found out I hated outside sales. I hated that I had a target sales number to meet and then that was kind of during um, the recession when there wasn't a lot of thing you know built businesses were stopping and so it became really hard to meet your sales numbers and stuff like that um, I moved to Seattle for a year um, and got back into recruiting which I had done some recruiting at Enterprise um, mm -hmm. so got back into recruiting moved back to the Bay uh, went to work for Ross stores which is headquartered in the East Bay um, and did university and corporate recruiting for them um, and then came to work for Cepheid about three and a half years ago um, and I manage there so my title is university program manager um, and so I manage all of our uh, university programs which for us is predominantly our summer internship program um, so I kind of work on the same kind of school year that you guys are on. Uh, you know, I start recruiting in the fall through the spring, we do offers and then we have our students on campus in the summer. Um, and I am a team of one. So I just work with our hiring managers, whoever's getting interns, but I don't have um, like recruiters or anything on my team that report into me. I just kind of partner with a bunch of different managers and teams to get our, our interns hired and into into Cepheid. Is that what you're asking for? I'm sorry, that was probably more than you're asking no, no, no. for. No, it's okay. Yeah, that's perfect. I mean, you touched on a couple of things that I did want to delve into a little bit. And I think the first thing in the very beginning when you were talking about your waste, man when, uh, waste management um, job, I think uh, sometimes self-awareness is something that a lot of students um, don't learn right away. And like you said, sometimes it may be something that you learn once you get into that job. Um, what are some other things that you think you've learned throughout your years of experience? Like for one, being that self-awareness of you not liking it. Sure. Well, I think to piggyback off of that, um, when I came to the realization that that was not a good step for me 
and not where I needed to be. Um, for me at that time, it was a, it was a good amount of money that I was making. And I, so that why is why it was harder for me to step away. But I was, I realized what I enjoyed doing the most previous to that was, was the recruiting. And so I, I mean, I left that job with nothing lined up, moved to Seattle and found a recruiting job that was a significant pay cut. Um, and it was a struggle for a couple years, but then I built back up in the recruiting space, which is what I really wanted to do. And I've seen, um, friends of mine or other people who were afraid to step back and, and go back down. They just wanted to stay at the level they were at. And if they couldn't do that, then they were willing to stay in a space that made them unhappy. Um, and so I think being, you know, maybe saving up a little bit of money so that if you do that, uh, you know, you can get away with it. Um, but being willing to step backwards in order to build yourself back up in a space that you are happier in, um, I think is one of the biggest things that I've learned and certainly something that I try to share with interns or students and stuff as I'm talking through them. You don't have to stick on one path if you find out a few years in that that's not what you want to do. So yeah. um, it, it can be extremely scary, but yeah, you got to be willing to go for it. You got to be willing to um, take like when I moved to Seattle, I first started working in a contract position. Um, so I try to tell, talk to students about the benefits of contract positions. And even when I came to Cepheid, it mm-hmm. was a contract role. I left a full-time position for a contract position because I saw that it was the type of company that I wanted to work for. Um, and so for Cepheid, we end up hiring a bunch of people as contractors to start and then often convert them into full-time, which is what happened to me a few months in. Um, but that was a risk too. But I think you've got to be able to weigh the, the risks and potential rewards that could come from it um, and, and know when the risk is potentially worth it for your own general happiness and mental yeah. well-being. <laughs> we, well, I think, do you think or would you think that help knowing what you wanted kind of helped you take that risk? Because it seemed like once you, you know, understood that what you didn't want, it also kind of clicked on what you did want and then you weren't as afraid to take that leap. I guess you could say. Yes, that's 100% true. So when I moved from Ross to Cepheid, um, I already knew that I loved the university recruiting space, which I was already had been doing at Ross, but I wasn't happy in that industry. And I had in my head the idea that I wanted to, I mean, living in Silicon Valley, I, I don't really understand <laughs> the tech space in general, but mm-hmm. I wanted to work in like biotech or healthcare or something that made a difference in people's lives because I was like, I'm working really hard at this company that just like is discount retail. And so sometimes you feel like your stress and the hours and things that you're putting in aren't worth it. And so like literally the day that I started looking for a new job, this job was set it got posted. And so for me, it felt very much like it was kind of meant to be. Um, And it's so true, at least for me now, to work in a space where we help people and I see the benefit of what we do so that if, if I am stressed or if it has been a long week or month or whatever, 
I still see the payoff for what we do. It's still worth my time and investment. So yes, I do think that having a better, knowing what you want and if the stars kind of align that way is more worth the risk than just being like, oh, here's an industry I didn't know existed. Let me just jump, you know, yeah. out of this safety net and over to something that I have no clue if this is even on my radar as something I want to do. So yeah, you're right there for sure. Yeah, it's perfect because I think it kind of brings me to my next point, which is, is is it's hard for students coming out of um you know as a senior and you're looking for that job you know um you're just kind of like man i really need this job you know you kind of look at the pay but then sometimes you forget to look at what the company does what the company is and what they represent what they do outside or what your impact does to the company outside of you know just your office and i think this is kind of important because students just focus on the money you know, because they want to, you know, I, I which is understandable because I'm going to be in that position as well. Um, right. But I think that uh, understanding the why of the company is super important. And that kind of brings me to my next question of like, um, what is kind of like your why of like, what are you passionate about or that maybe correlates with the company, which is why you love working with them so much? Sure. Um, I think I mean, the why of our company is, is helping people kind of all around the world. And we do a lot of work in third world countries and with people that don't have access to regular health care. And so in general, that's what keeps me. And I would say most people at Cepheid, when you ask people why they stay, it's because they're really aligned to the mission of the company, which is not something I've ever heard before. No company I've ever worked at before did I even know what the mission was. And Cepheid wow. is so tied to it that people could tell you what the mission of Cepheid is, the mission statement or whatever. Um, but for me in general, my why and what I, why I say in university recruiting is because I love helping students find good roles and good opportunities that they maybe didn't know existed. You know, mm -hmm. Cepheid is not a household name by any stretch. I mm -hmm. doubt anybody in my family could even tell you what company I work for. Um, but I mean, I, it's so, it, it is selfishly brings me joy to help students find these opportunities and then to either, you know, see them go through our internship program and maybe move on to something else or go through our program and get converted into other positions and mm. stay on with us and kind of see them build their careers. Um, so for me, the role itself brings me joy and makes me happy to keep coming to work every day just is a plus that is also for a great company that has a great why. Right. And then would you say that for students, like the whole thing about finding your role, like how would you say, some, what were some things that maybe helped you find your role? You know, or maybe that you did during school or maybe, you know, during your years of experience? Sure. I mean, at school, I, when I looked back, I was like, oh, I was involved in recruiting in different aspects there too. I did stuff with student advising. I did stuff mm. with my uh, sorority that were, was around recruiting students. I talked to potential students for the business school when they would come in. So, but in, in school, most people don't think about recruiting as a job path. Re nobody right. goes to school to be a recruiter, right? Yeah. Everybody who's a recruiter now is it something that they have fallen into along the way. So I think it's just trial and error and so yeah. you know when you're looking for your first job a lot of people yes it might be about the money and if you have several offers 
you know, you might be able to weigh what the company does. And But yeah. if you have one offer, sometimes you just got to take it and see how it goes and put in, you know, at least a few years. And maybe that company is great and maybe it's not or maybe the role isn't what you want. But, but do that trial and error in whatever job you're in so that you can figure out, you know, you're not just jumping blind to the next one. What is this job telling yeah. you about what you love and what you don't love? Um, I think there's always trial and error as you work through your career and nobody should expect that they're going to know exactly what they want to do as soon as they get out of school and that's the path they're going to stay on for the next 40 years of working or whatever it might be. Um, and that it's okay to, to change and, and just keep your, your mind open to what is actually bringing you fulfillment, I guess, in your career. Would you say that, like, you know, because a lot of students think or think that whatever you get your degree in, it has to, you have to get a job that immediately falls in line with that sort of the degree that you graduated with. Do you agree with that statement or do you think it is that it's just kind of like you can do anything, you know? I think as, yeah, I think you can do anything. Usually when you're first getting out of school and you don't have a ton of experience behind you or the experience you have all aligns to your major it's generally easier to start at that path um but you certainly don't have to stay there as you get into usually a company and can kind of move around and try out different things you can get that experience in other areas that you think that you might be interested in and then it becomes helpful as you move along i think Mm -hmm. the further people are in their careers um probably the less likely it is that they're doing something that's directly tied to what they graduated with 10, 15, 20 plus years ago. So a lot of times it's just getting that experience and finding the path once you're in a company. Yeah, because I think um, even for me, myself, uh, sometimes it's hard to think long term, you know, especially now Mm -hmm. it's just everything's like about what's going to happen next month, what's going to happen next year. So I think students um, and, you know, that goes for myself, too, it's kind of important to have that long-term plan or just be okay with the fact that you may not be in a position that you would have ever thought that you'd be in. So, yeah. Yes. I, I have noticed that in not all students, but I have noticed that more over the last few years where students are saying, okay, well, how long will I be in this role before I get promoted? And how long mm-hmm. before this and how long before this? And it's like, you can, you just need to slow down and <laughs> figure out perfect this position yeah. that you have not even started yet before you figure out what your next path is. And once you get in there, not everybody, five people could start in the same role and not all of their paths yeah. are going to be the same. So mm-hmm. yes, it is kind of that mix of you, you should think long-term and think that your career can go in a bunch of different places, but also you need to master what's in front of you and, and take the position yeah. that you've been given um, and get there first before you're jumping and saying, well, in five years, what can I do? Where can I be? That's often yeah. up to you once you get into a company, you know, you could, but you got to show that you are worth promoting mm. and, and keeping, you know, moving through. So yeah, yeah. it's a, it, and right now it's so hard. There's just, yeah, of course. Every day is weird. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> I thought yesterday was the weekend for some reason. I was like, wait, no, it's Wednesday. <laughs> but um yeah and that kind of brings me to another question that I just um thought about 
Um, sometimes when students are interviewing, you know, there's that little section where they can ask questions to the company because they forget that in interviews, um, it's not just about the company figuring out if you're an ideal candidate for them, but it's also for the students to figure out if that's an ideal company for them as well. It kind of goes both ways. And I, I think that I really like to ask is about the company culture because I'm really about, you know, just culture and then does it align with my views and does it align with my way of working? But what would you say are some of the things that you would either suggest for students to ask or maybe that you, uh, you know, view as really important or that they should ask? Um, sure. Company culture is good. It's so funny. Like every student asks about that now. So I'd also maybe suggest if you're asking about company culture, if somebody asks you to be what specific part of the culture are you looking for? Maybe have mm -hmm. that kind of in mind because it can be a very broad thing and can also mm -hmm. change from, from group to group. Um, what else? I mean, a lot of times I'll do, like if I'm interviewing with a company, you know, Google searching things in the news and can you tell me about this? And um, But I, I mean, I think it probably is different for every person. Yeah, and I was going to say that something, but I think that COVID has probably changed all of this. So maybe this is a good question to ask. I usually back in, in pre-COVID <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, <laughs> didn't necessarily love when people would ask, you know, how flexible is, is the working environment? I've always worked in fairly traditional companies where you were expected to be on site every day and it wasn't, uh, you know, a work from home or work from wherever you are scenario. But now, yeah, I mean, I've... asking asking about those mm -hmm. things, especially if you have kids or people that you're taking care of or you're concerned about your health or things like that, I think that wording it in a way that is saying, in relation to COVID, what does the work flexibility situation look like? Or what is the, yeah. what are the expectations as they relate to that? Because that's also your comfort level, right? It's not right. just, you know, can I sleep in or avoid the commute or things like that. No, yeah, when no, we no. had our internship program this last year and we were trying to figure out what we were doing with COVID, mm -hmm. most of our interns, uh, the manager still wanted them to be on site part time. And so, you know, I went to all of them and said, your internship is going to go forward, but the manager is going to expect that you are on site, you know, 20 to 30 hours a week. And we mm -hmm. understand if you're not comfortable with that. This is new and we don't, you know, yeah. so if you don't want to move forward with this internship, that is okay. You just let us know. Um, and so I think wording it in a way that, you know, I mean, you need to know how, depending on what your family situation is or whatever right, it might be, right. if this works out for you. And I think that now, whereas I would have said before, that's kind of a taboo question. <laughs> understanding even just the safety precautions that are in place right now and how a company responds to this kind of thing is probably important for your overall is this a fit for me type of environment right if it's a company that's like well we expect you to be on site 40 hours a week all the time and we don't take temperatures and we don't check for anything we don't you know like that's not an environment I want to be in we have in temperature check machines at all of our buildings now like that you have to get your temperature checked and get a thing and if you need if you've been exposed and you need to, we have all of these things in place if you need to take paid time off to 
to help your kids while they're working or doing school from home, that's in place. Now, you can take like up to 12 weeks off if your kids are wow. doing school from home because we're just all figuring yeah. it out. So I, this is probably more of a question or bigger than that, but I think that right now those are important questions to ask and framing yeah. them in a way that is saying, I want to make sure that I'm comfortable in the overall environment, not just with the people there, but is this a safe place to work right now, right? These are um, weird times and it's important, especially at this point, companies should have it down. They should know how, you know, it's yeah. not new anymore. Yeah. What are the safety precautions going forward? Yeah. Um, I think those are important in addition to understanding the culture and the type of work and, and projects and things that you're gonna be doing or exposure that you're gonna have to upper management or leadership or things like that or you know how willing are people in the company to listen to my ideas can I be vocal about the things that I'm thinking about I think those kinds of things are important and most companies are you're gonna they're gonna be truthful or you're gonna be able to read the answer right away you know like one of my favorite things about our internship program is I tell students to be very vocal about their ideas. They may not all be taken and used, but <laughs> right. the managers want to hear them. Yeah. But that's not the case for every working situation, right? Especially if you're if you're lower level or a new grad or something like that. How vocal can you be about the things that you're thinking about or passionate about or things like that? Yeah, I like that because it, it does obviously the thing about um, you know, the relevance of the time and, and in the place in which we are right now. Of course, questions in that sort of nature are, are definitely good because, you know, everybody, we should, you know, we should want to be safe and, and things like that. So I think it is important now, as you're saying, to ask questions in relevance to that. And I do see that a little bit more, especially in some of the career fairs that I've been going to. I have noticed that a couple of students kind of are asking about those kind of things. Um, so, which is new, you know, and, and it's really important to see what companies are doing, you know, on their end, um, for their employees, you know, like, um, as you mentioned in, in your case that they're checking your temperatures and stuff like that, you know, I think that's really important. And, um, I think students can get a lot from that as well. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, another thing too, that I like to, you know, talk about is prepare, preparing for that job is kind of, um, it's a lot of students can be lost not all but some of them may be lost in figuring out how to prepare for a certain job they know they're going to get a certain degree you know they know they're doing a couple of extracurricular activities but how would you what were some other things that you can do maybe personally to prepare for that job um, that you're going to graduate towards like maybe doing research or things of that nature are you saying once you have an offer or when you're looking to get a job um, when you're looking to get a job, you know, cause I um, think, um, like doing the LinkedIn, I always tell students to, cause I'm in the career services center and at my stage of what I've known so far, I, I know that LinkedIn is like a really great tool for networking. And I try to teach that to other students because sometimes they forget that, you know, would they have that kind of stuff available to them? Um, but further than that, you know, I can only give them resources or, stuff like that that we have on campus um, as far as me as being a student but I always want to know just a couple of other things that I can maybe tell them or that you could tell them to prepare further um, to uh, when they're looking for that job. Sure. Um, one thing I do 
Well, yes, research is fine. Um, online classes, if you want to perfect like technical skills or get better with like, mm. I mean, I what I learned about Excel in college was very limited. So, you know, if you want to be more of an expert level doing things like that, it just depends on the job that you're looking for. Yeah. Um, but I would say advice wise, telling student, giving them kind of like a good dose of reality. Um, I did a talk with UOP a few months ago and was sharing this and I had seen this firsthand with my brother. He moved to a different state and like, I think he applied to like two or three positions uh-huh. and then didn't hear back. And that's not uncommon, but he really, you know, he had never really had to uh, get in the gutter and look for a job. And so yeah. he really, I think, got down about it. And so being very realistic about the fact that you have to put the numbers on your side and that looking for a job is a full-time job. You and should so- be setting up at your computer and, you know, researching positions and applying and working on cover letters and reaching out to people that you know at these companies and letting them know that you applied to positions. And you need to understand before you start that there's a lot of companies you're never going to hear back from. And you can't let that get you down because it's just the nature of the beast, right? Like, I mean, we might open a position and get a thousand applicants and that's not even like... (laughs) an exaggeration depending on the level of the position, right? And so it's nothing against you if you don't hear from a company. It just sometimes takes forever to get through all of these things. Um, And so that is, I would say, my biggest piece of advice if people are looking for it is not to let it mentally get you down. Um, Use everything at your disposal, LinkedIn, but you need to put in the time and get the numbers on your side in order to to make sure that you land that job. And that might be the case at every level of your career when you decide to leave a job, you know? Um, And I've been there and I've done that and you just, you can't let it, I don't know, you can't let it get you down. Um, I, was it, after I, like maybe a year after I started my job with Cepheid, a company that I had applied to months before I applied to Cepheid, called me of course <laughs> out of the blue to talk to me about I was <laughs> talk to me about a position and I was like I applied to that position like a year ago <laughs> I don't even know what you're referring to anymore you know so um but I didn't hear back from them at the time and that was okay because I had applied to a ton of other places mm. as well um so just I think having that kind of mindset when you go in that it is an uphill battle and you can't take it personally um, if, if the process itself doesn't go exactly like you envision yeah. Yeah. a recruit in job search process to go, you just can't get discouraged by it. You got to use every, uh, every resource that you have and, and mentally keep yourself fit, which again is hard right now because it's hard to just mentally keep yourself going every day. I think that's, I mean, you touched on a, a ton of great points, but I think the, the one that I like the most is that people, or at least students, forget that sometimes that, like, searching process is not just 30 minutes and then call it a day and then hope that you get a call in a couple of weeks. It's it's literally, you got to sit down and, you know, take your time to do the research on the company, figure out if you like it, and if you do, you apply, make sure that your resume and your cover letter, you got to make sure all of these things are in line. 
Um, but then you got to do that for not just one, as you're mentioning, but, you know, multiple, because again, right now it's a really competitive market. Uh, you never know what's going to happen. And then also, I like that, you know, that you said not to be discouraged or not to take it personally, because again, a lot of these times, especially maybe once when you're, you know, just graduating, you're going to be really hopeful and you're going to apply to those like three companies that you really, really want to get into. But so are a, like a dozen or as you mentioned, you know, a couple other thousand people are trying to get into that position as well. So I really like that you said not to take it personally, because I know a lot of my friends or a lot of students are kind of in that same boat where they're just put in a couple applications to their dream jobs and they're just waiting to get that call, you know. And as soon as you apply, I'm guilty of this even still too. Like, like yeah. you already envision yourself in that oh, role. Yeah. You know you're going to be amazing at it. You can't wait for them to schedule you. And then they just never call. And that's not, it could happen at every level of your career and not just when you're graduating. So yeah. I think people should, yeah, understand that. Because I'm guilty of that too. Oh, I know I would be amazing at this. This would be their <laughs> loss if they didn't hire me, right? But, you know. Yeah, like you said, everybody else knows about that company too, and everybody else that's one of their top three companies. So yeah, that's the great mentality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I mean, now that we're reaching a little bit towards the end of our interview, I, something that I like to really kind of um, just ask is some, what is something that you like to do when you're not at work, right? Like, what what's like your number one like thing to do on your free time? Um, I always love to ask that to people because it's always about work, 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 and we forget you know, what to do on our free time? Um, well, I have a 20 month old little girl. Um, and so especially now with work from home, all my free time, she, she does not stop moving. So all of my free time is basically following her around. And, uh, we don't, because of quarantine, we don't really leave the house that much. Um, but we live out on a ranch. And so she has lots of dirt and rocks and things <laughs> to explore so um i guess as of right now that is my favorite thing to do that and rewatch uh the west wing <laughs> oh. <laughs> what i keep on while i'm working to keep yeah. me sane and i pretend like we live in a world where we have a confident <laughs> government um <laughs> so uh that i guess in my quarantine like that is one thing that i'm super thankful for even with all the madness of this uh, year I have gotten a lot of extra time at home with my uh, husband and my little girl and that has been a silver lining blessing during all of this so I really like that because I can understand because my mom has a daycare so there's kids running around all day and sometimes she's knocking on my door like can you come help me and I'm like I'm gonna (laughs) test mom like (laughs) I don't know how people can have or watch more than one child at a time i really oh, like yeah. <laughs> tapped out on one <laughs> again well thank you Lindsay. um again it was really nice meeting you um and 